0: Welcome back to the Corona Conspiracies Podcast. This will be the second episode of our podcast, and in this episode, we will dive into the actual coronavirus conspiracy theories. If you want to hear some coronavirus theories, stay tuned. Okay, so what is a conspiracy theory? A conspiracy theory is an explanation for an event or a situation that invokes a conspiracy by sinister and powerful groups, often political in motivation. Some examples of conspiracy theories are the moon landing, the assassination of Kennedy, and the death of Elvis Presley. I won't go in detail with these, but they are just a few examples of popular theories. Conspiracy theories are more popular now. It became a part of pop culture. People who enjoy conspiracy theories say it actually opens their minds to topics that aren't talked about in traditional media. Conspiracy theories are very popular during crises. For example, 9-11 grew a lot of theories. When the coronavirus was becoming bigger, to be honest, I was expecting this to happen. It's 2020. There's a lot of uncertainty. Everyone wants to find their own answers. I mean, I think that's totally understandable. There's not enough information out there to give us those answers. But an example of people becoming uncertain because of lack of trust people who are supposed to help us. China is being questioned because of the accusations that they are not reporting the total number of coronavirus cases and deaths. China came forward and reported more than 1,500 cases that were made public. Trump administration keeps pointing fingers at Chinese labs. And also, Georgia recently ended social distancing for the sake of the economy. Within 24 hours, over 2,000 cases have surfaced. Every route you can take can lead back to square one. This is why the lack of trust with officials is becoming more common now. Instead of giving answers, the United States is pointing fingers at China and China is pointing fingers at the United States, causing a lack of trust. People are desperate for answers and being locked away at home is not helping. How long will this even last? It's been about a month and a half and it feels like four years has gone by. Causes us to question. Causes curiosity. But we all have a right to hunt for our own answers and we should especially during the pandemic when not enough information is available. Here's an ABC News
1: segment clip that talks about the Trump administration and their blaming of the Chinese. Their source comes from Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who has, a, who has quote, seen the proof, but no evidence has circulated. Take a listen.
2: Meanwhile, is sharpening his criticism of China tonight after a U.S. intelligence report found China hid the severity of the outbreak and then hoarded vital medical supplies. So will the president, will the U.S. take action?
3: Here's our chief White House correspondent, Jonathan Carl. To President Trump, there is no doubt who is to blame for the coronavirus pandemic. It came from China. It should have been stopped. It could have been stopped on the spot. They chose not to do it or something happened. Either there was incompetence or... They didn't do it for some reason, and we're going to have to find out what that reason was. The U.S. is accusing China of covering up just how devastating the virus was when it first hit. A report by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, obtained by ABC News, concludes, quote, the Chinese government intentionally concealed the severity of COVID-19 from the international community in early January while it stockpiled medical supplies. And over the weekend, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo told ABC's Martha Raddatz that he has seen evidence that the virus came from this lab in Wuhan, China, a theory pushed by the president as well.
1: And,
4: Mr. Secretary, have you seen anything that gives you high confidence that it originated in that Wuhan lab?
5: Martha, there's enormous evidence that that's where this began. I can tell you that there is a significant amount of evidence that this came from that laboratory
3: in Wuhan, But the administration has not made any evidence public. When asked if the virus spread was accidental or intentional, Secretary Pompeo said he could not answer. The director of national intelligence has said the intelligence community is investigating, quote, whether the outbreak began through contact with infected animals or if it was the result of an accident at a laboratory in Wuhan. The Chinese government knows it's not just Donald Trump placing blame. According to Reuters, the Chinese Ministry of State Security has reported to Chinese leaders that anti-China sentiment around the world is at its highest level since the Tiananmen Square massacre in 1989. So high, the report says, that China should be prepared for the possibility of war with the United States. Those were some bold words. But as you point out, John, the critique isn't
2: just from the U.S. when it comes to China. And John with us live from D.C. and the secretary of state, uh, we all watched telling Martha the U.S. is going to hold China accountable. So what is the White House saying
3: tonight about any possible retaliation? Well, the president said on Friday that he wants to find out what happened before making a decision on retaliation. And just yesterday, the president was asked if new tariffs on China could be part of any retaliation. And he said, quote, we're all playing a very complicated game of chess or poker. So the bottom line, David, it's unclear what exactly he has in mind. All right. We'll wait and watch.
0: Before I begin with the theories, I just want to emphasize that these are all just theories. I'm not trying to convince you that these are real, but this is an opportunity for you to see different sides of what people think of this virus. Here's
6: our breaking news. New numbers as this coronavirus spreads, more than 160,000 cases in the United States, over 2,980 deaths. And we reached another tragic milestone today, the most reported coronavirus deaths in a single day, well over 500. This is our new reality right now. It is absolutely staggering where we find ourselves tonight. More than three quarters of Americans are under stay at home orders tonight. Most likely.
0: The first theory Did this virus come from bats or a Chinese lab? Throughout media, we only ever hear about the statistics.
4: We are going to begin uh, with what we started this week with the nation's top health officials warning. Dark days ahead, and unfortunately, that is what we're seeing. Nationwide cases of the coronavirus, now top 400,000 deaths, have jumped to nearly 13,000. And despite the signs, the outbreak is beginning to ease here in New York. Yesterday was the state's deadliest day so far, with 731 fatalities. Meantime, new hotspots are emerging. Deaths and infections have nearly tripled in Michigan, and doubled in Pennsylvania.
3: New York had its biggest one-day spike in deaths, 731 people lost in 24 hours.
0: That's one about every two minutes. But where did this virus actually begin? Experts are saying this was an accident from animal to human contact. However, this specific theory points fingers at Wuhan China labs. This theory basically is saying, that this virus came from an infected worker from a Chinese lab in Wuhan Virology Institute. This place conducts very intense research on dangerous pathogens, but here's a plot twist. This lab is actually eight miles from the Wuhan market that experts are saying the coronavirus came from. Is there a link or is it just a crazy coincidence? The Trump administration has been recently trying to convince people about this theory. This isn't the first time China released viruses due to failures from labs. Another example is SARS back in 2003, this pandemic hit China back in 2003 really bad. But virus researchers said that this virus being caused from one lab is very unlikely. It's more plausible that this virus came from an animal and then spread to humans. Not confirmed, but they suspect the culprit being bats.
5: very likely that this virus has come from bats. Bats have
2: lots of viruses. Very few of these viruses actually make them sick.
7: Bats
8: are not a villain. Coronaviruses are a type of virus that can spread from animals to humans and cause diseases like SARS and MERS. The latest coronavirus outbreak started in Wuhan, China. So far, it's killed almost 1,400 people and infected more than 60,000 around the world. Scientists are racing to figure out how humans contracted the new virus. Based on initial genetic testing and past outbreaks, they say it's likely the coronavirus originated in bats. There was a recent paper put out where they entered the sequence of a virus. They
2: found that the closest relative to the Wuhan virus was a virus from that 96% similar.
9: I think that is pretty accepted, that the viruses are very likely coming from bats, but how they're getting to us from bats, either directly or through some intermediate host,
2: needs to be worked out for this new one. There isn't one particular kind or species of bats that's associated with spillovers. For Nipah and Hendra, it's the big fruit bats. For SARS and MERS and this
8: one, it's smaller insect-eating bats. Other animals have passed viruses between bats and humans before.
5: SARS really spread from civet cats into humans. But now we know that the virus, some point in time, jumped from bats into civet cats.
8: With Moose, what we think happened there is that a coronavirus jumped from bats into dromedary camels. And uh, recently we're seeing this virus jumping from dromedary camels into the human population. Now, Chinese scientists say pangolins could be the middlemen but their research hasn't been made public yet.
9: Pangolins are the most trafficked animal in the world. They're basically like an armadillo with plates. So they've got these really long scales, and those scales are prized in traditional Chinese medicine. I think the isolation of this virus from pangolins is going to cause a lot of stir because there is going to be kind of a knee-jerk reaction to say, you know, pangolins are probably it. The more that people look at some of the genetic data, you'll get a little bit of infighting in the scientific community as to really whether or not the pangolin virus is the true direct link or if it's just maybe another piece of the puzzle.
8: I think we should be really cautious until we see the paper that comes out. Scientists don't need to know where the virus came from in order to develop a vaccine, but identifying the origin can help contain the current outbreak and prevent future ones.
5: After the SARS outbreak, the government banned the sale of civet cats, because we had now determined that civet cats could lead to more coronavirus exposures. So something similar could happen if, with 100% confidence, we can identify that it was this animal.
8: Early reports linked the first coronavirus patients to a market in Wuhan where bats might have been sold as food. New testing has raised doubts about the market's role in the outbreak, but xenophobia toward eating bats has still festered. If you cook
2: meat, you're going to destroy viruses like coronavirus, because it's not very heat-stable. But either handling the animals or handling the meat or preparing the meat would, would certainly put
5: you at risk. Chickens give us salmonella all the time. Do we stop eating chickens? No. Just stigmatizing a traditional practice or someone's food doesn't help the cause. It's wrong. You've got to understand the science and explain it to them.
8: Scientists do know that bats and rodents carry a relatively high number of viruses but bats often don't get sick from them.
2: If you can figure out why bats don't get sick, you may be able to apply it to reducing the effects of viral infection. If we don't have clear-cut answers. We've got a lot of hypotheses. One is that bats are the only mammals that have evolved the ability to fly. Flying takes up an enormous output of energy. As a byproduct of all that metabolic activity, you generate toxic molecules. What bats have done is evolved to deal with that. Those properties, for whatever reason, allow them to
5: deal with viruses as well. But all this is conjecture. We and other groups over the years have identified molecular mechanisms that bats have evolved that suppresses inflammation in bats. So bats have a good antiviral response that helps them control virus replication, and they have low levels of inflammation.
8: Despite the animal's potential relationship to the new coronavirus, Virologists don't want people to vilify bats, many of which are endangered. The reputation of bats is a a very high concern. Bats are so essential for our ecosystems. For example, the bats that I study, the flying foxes, are major pollinators.
5: We love bats. We use bats as a model to understand the superior immune responses they have as mammals. We want to learn from them and hopefully identify therapeutic targets for humans. The more we kind of blend humans and animals, the more we're going to see all of these new viruses that humans have never seen. It's not like it's just bats. It's possible that a kangaroo virus might emerge at some point in time in the future.
8: If anything, humans are the problem because we are encroaching on their domains.
1: As you heard, the link from the coronavirus to animals isn't necessarily by eating, but instead just by the handling of, of the animal prior to it being cooked. Here's a clip from CNN that takes a look into the Wuhan food market and the way they treat their animals prior to selling them to vendors for consumption.
10: China says the number of people infected by a mysterious respiratory virus has more than tripled over the weekend. There are now 218 confirmed cases of the new coronavirus uh, virus. Most of them in Wuhan where the outbreak originated. So far, three people have died. It's a very serious condition. Four other cases have been reported outside of China. And scientists say the virus is getting stronger and is being spread by human-to-human contact. And that is especially worrisome. As hundreds of millions of Chinese are expected to travel this week for the Lunar New Year holiday, and then airports around the world are not taking any chances, they are screening passengers for symptoms. Remember uh, the days of SARS, for instance? Now, officials in China think they know where the virus originated. And a warning, some of the images in this story are graphic. Here's Christy Lu Stout.
7: Barricaded and guarded by police with masks, Chinese authorities have traced a new deadly virus back to this seafood market in the city of Wuhan. They say a new strain of coronavirus originated here and put an entire region on edge. CNN has obtained this video filmed inside the market, showing that more than seafood was on offer for sale. Images of the market from early December taken by a concerned customer indicate it was apparently selling other live wild animals, including skinned birds, snakes, and raccoon dogs, sparking concern that the virus might have been transmitted from animals to humans. CNN has not independently verified this footage posted on Chinese social media site Weibo, which has since been deleted by government censors, according to the poster. When CNN contacted the market, they would not comment. At the School of Public Health here at Hong Kong University is a leading authority in the study of emerging viral diseases. Professor Leo Poon is a virologist at the university and was among the first to decode the SARS coronavirus.
1: I would believe that this Wuhan outbreak um, was caused by animal virus, and then the animal actually carried this virus and spread to human. And what we know is causing pneumonia, and then they don't respond to normal antibiotic treatment. So which is not surprising um but then in terms of mortality um SARS killed 10% of the infected individuals
7: between 2002 and 2003 SARS infected more than 8000 people and killed 774 in a pandemic that reached 37 countries officials say the new virus was first detected in Wuhan on December the 12th some of the initial patients were employed at the seafood market hundreds of kilometers south of Wuhan, at this market in the southern city of Qingyuan, wild animals are crammed inside cages. (coughs) Mallard ducks, rodents, even porcupines to be sold for consumption. It's not a unique site in markets across China where both animals and humans are in close contact. This footage, not independently verified by CNN, is from Hong Kong broadcaster iCable, filmed on the 6th and 7th of January as the new strain was discovered. No indications any disease is lurking here, but according to the World Health Organization, scenes like this point to the potential risk of a new virus spreading.
1: These animals, we don't know their history. We don't know what type of pathogens or viruses that they are having in uh, their body. In our interface, With the animal world, uh, there will always be the danger of spillover. As long as people eat meat, um, there is going to be uh, some risk of uh, infection.
7: The coronavirus that causes SARS was traced to the civet cat, a wild animal considered a delicacy in parts of South China. After the SARS outbreak, China outright banned the slaughter and consumption of civet cats in 2004. Local authorities in both Wuhan and Qingyuan tell CNN they don't know anything about the sale of illegal animals at such markets, and there are no open investigations.
0: Bats have been traced back to other huge sicknesses like Ebola, SARS, and the Nipa virus. But allegedly bats with trace of coronavirus strain aren't even found in Wuhan, China. This links back to the research lab. Maybe they were researching the coronavirus pathogen and somehow proper safety precautions were not being followed and the virus got out. This is all alleged. Maybe this virus did come from bats, but it was accidentally released to the public from a Chinese lab doing research. So, did this virus come from a Chinese lab or did this virus just come from a bat and somehow start from the Wuhan seafood market? But the evidence supports that a human caught this from an animal more than a Chinese lab theory. The second theory. Overpopulation theory. This theory goes two ways. This is a way for Mother Nature to reduce overpopulation on Earth. Or, this virus was purposely placed to reduce the population. China has currently 1.3 billion people. The Earth is almost reaching the 8 billion. Scientists are saying the Earth can only support 9 to 10 billion people. Almost there. China covered up over 2,000 cases of coronavirus to the public. It's suspicious. People are claiming this is a part of another mass extinction. We had five so far millions of years ago. The last mass extinction we had was when dinosaurs were wiped out 65 million years ago. Maybe this virus is just the beginning of the end. Just a theory, though. The third theory coronavirus pandemic is being manipulated. This theory is that death rates are higher than they actually are. Plot to take away our freedoms. These theorists claim that the coronavirus is just like the flu. These theorists claim there's no reason to follow social distancing guidelines. What started this myth was Dr. Annie Bukusic, a physician from Montana saying that COVID death certificates are being manipulated. The doctor says how the death rates are higher than they actually are. She also says some people who did die because of COVID Died with COVID, not because of COVID. These individuals already had health problems, and COVID just triggered the effects of it causing death. But there is no evidence. And also, this doctor is an anti vaccination and anti abortion activist, and many healthcare workers are upset that she's spreading misinformation to the public. Also, since the coronavirus is new and originated in 2019, not enough evidence is to say that if flu or COVID is more harmful or if they are alike, there is still research being done to this day. All these theories are fascinating, but remember, there's a lot of misinformation out there about the coronavirus. We are not saying any of these theories are true, but we want to share with you popular conspiracy theories that are being spread. There is a lot of misinformation spreading. There's a post on Facebook saying that Staying out in the sun for 30 minutes in the morning can have our bodies absorb heat and will kill the virus if it enters the body or sunburn. A post on Twitter also said, I was also scrolling down Twitter and there was this fake article saying, having constant sex kills with coronavirus. People actually believe this. It's funny reading these titles to articles and seeing people post false information on social media, but... It's actually really upsetting how many people actually believe this misinformation and spread it throughout social media and in real life. People are panicking and scared. It's sad there's people out there taking advantage of people's vulnerability in order to likes and retweets.
1: Not only has the Trump administration been pointing fingers at Wuhan, Trump alone has had his part in the spread of misinformation because he himself does not know what's going on. Kind of crazy for a guy that's our commander in chief. Here's a clip from a Jimmy Fallon show where his team put together clips from what Trump has said first clips from what top health officials have said. Be warned, they're complete opposites.
6: Conference was a little confusing because it seemed like Trump contradicted what the medical experts are saying. Uh, Let me show you what I'm talking about. it real. As the disease spreads, if it spreads.
4: It's not so much a question of if this will happen anymore.
3: We're rapidly developing a vaccine. We can't rely on a vaccine.
6: This will end. This will end. This coronavirus will go well beyond this season into next season.
3: We have it so well under control. It's likely that this virus will cause
10: a pandemic. (laughs)
3: Uh, but this is helpful. The White House also
2: put out a video with President's tips to avoid catching the coronavirus. Watch this. President Trump's
3: tips to avoid the coronavirus. Avoid close contact with other people.
6: Stay away from anyone with a cough.
3: Let's do that over. He's coughing in the middle of my answer. Yeah. Okay. I don't like that, you
6: know?
3: Uh, your hey, chief
6: of staff. If you get a uh, cough, up, please, please leave the room. And don't shake hands with anyone who just traveled abroad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the spread of misinformation isn't just from our peers. Here we have a news clip from CBS that was published on May, on March 9th that talks about the spread of miscommunication from online platforms through false personas created by Russia.
6: As the coronavirus spreads across the world, misinformation about the virus is being shared online and some of it could be coming from foreign governments or other actors.
4: A top State Department official told the Washington Post last week that Russia has been creating false personas to spread misinformation on social media. So joining us now is CNET Senior Producer Dan Patterson with more on this. So Dan, I'm really happy you're here. Uh, You have made me kind of like a warrior against misinformation, and I am perpetually disappointed in uh, the number of people that I see spreading things that I consider obviously false. So let us talk about this. Um, The Washington Post, uh, the State Department told the Washington Post that Russia is behind swarms of online false personas or personas. What is that?
11: Okay, so as social media has evolved, smartphones have become ubiquitous. These are no longer luxury items. This has become essential communications infrastructure. Unfortunately, that infrastructure has been exploited in the past. We saw this uh, with political influence operations. Now we are seeing this related to the coronavirus. And it's incredibly important that we separate out the good information from this disinformation. And it's important to call this disinformation because disinformation information implies intentionality. So what we are seeing here, uh, what the State Department is seeing, the uh, Global Engagement Center, which is a part of the State Department, has noticed information uh, coming from the GRU, the IRA, and other components of the Russian government that interfered uh, in the 2016 election. So I don't know that I would say swarm, because this, again, plays into the sense of fear that people are feeling. So I don't want to judge how people fear, but feel, but let's take a look at the activity. Activity Here, and we are seeing uh, what the social media industry calls coordinated inauthentic activity. Now, the reason we call this coordinated inauthentic activity is that it involves uh, botnets, which spread information uh, automatically. This is automation. It also involves real people sitting behind fake accounts, meaning they are designed to look like American accounts. They often use VPNs so that the geotags, say the United States but these are people with a political agenda sitting in an office, much like we sit in offices, designed to spread misinformation or disinformation using Twitter, Facebook, and other large social networks.
4: This is like sort of greatest hits of misinformation, though. Didn't we see this in 2016? Didn't we already know what the MOs are and why are we catching them?
11: Yeah, so the social media industry has been aware of this activity for a long time. In fact, not just related to politics. In fact, uh, a few years ago, we saw a company called Davumi caught for selling fake followers. There is an industry of influencers who will buy influence. So, the social media industry, particularly Facebook and Twitter, has been aware of this problem for a long time, but this is still being exploited to spread disinformation about the coronavirus. Mm
6: -hmm. Let me ask you about uh, manipulated media, something that Twitter is trying to roll out. We saw that this weekend over a tweet uh, by Dan Scavino, uh, President Trump's uh, President Trump's campaign manager. He tweeted out a video uh, that they say was manipulated, and they tagged it as such. Although it was kind of buggy, because I saw the reporting, and then I looked at my timeline, and it didn't. I didn't see the label. I went to his timeline, didn't see the label. So, uh, how does it work? And um, I guess can users of Twitter, of social media. Have faith in something that is labeled manipulated media. In other words, we keep talking about fake personas and 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 fake information, and misinformation that is out there. But I guess people are also going to want to know: is when a social media company slaps a label on something, can I trust that? Because mm-hmm. is that bias? Is that coming from a, a level of
11: uh, misinformation or dishonesty? How are we to know? You know, Vlad, you said a key word there. Trust. So Twitter has rolled out this feature called, uh, where they tag posts with, uh, alleged manipulated media. Now, if we rewind to about a year ago, this word deepfake, we heard a lot. In fact, that information or deepfakes were applied to CBS News content. We saw deepfakes used for Mark Zuckerberg, uh, and, uh, Nancy Pelosi, other political figures. Now, Deepfake implies this kind of technologically sophisticated thing that looks like one thing but is another thing. Now, Twitter's manipulated media is kind of an evolution of this, and what you're getting at, Vlad, is that a post doesn't have to be totally manipulated. It can be small alterations that just like if you change one word in a sentence, it can change the meaning of the sentence. You can do the same thing with manipulated media. The problem here is that when Twitter and Facebook get into the game of saying this is manipulated, this is not, you can see disinformation propagated that doesn't have that tag. Or bad actors can move more rapidly than Twitter, Facebook, and the others are able to respond, which leaves consumers, leaves you and me and everyone else looking at posts that don't have that label, feeling gosh, okay, this must be authentic because it doesn't have that label. So we're all kind of in this really tight spot where we see bad actors manipulating content, and social media firms, the only thing they can do is respond.
6: So I just want to ask you about Dan Scavino, uh, the president's social media manager, and his tweet. Uh, When that tweet got flagged as manipulated media, uh, he retweeted, he, 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 he retweeted, the video was not manipulated, and what Twitter was saying is that you know perhaps those words were—I don't want to give the, the video oxygen—but you know it, it was had to do with former Vice President Biden. Uh, the Vice President at some point uttered some of these words, but the way that they were strung together gave it a different context and a different yep. meaning. He says it's not manipulated, so this is the this is the the push and pull that I'm sort of talking about. If, if somebody comes back and says no. <laughs> these are not the droids you're looking for. Yeah. Right. And people are gonna say, well, what do I believe? Mm-hmm. Do I believe that? That's these exactly right. Right.
11: Yeah, and that is that's the point. In fact, the intent, and Marie, you're exactly right. That is the intent of not just Russian bad actors, but we've seen these tactics because they're inexpensive and easy to do at large scale. We've seen these tactics deployed domestically by domestic actors for political purposes. We've seen them deployed for business purposes. We see them not just in the United States. We see these tactics deployed all over. Over the world. And of course, coronavirus is not just a U.S. problem, it is a global problem. And when we see disinformation propagated, it can oftentimes target municipalities, it can target local cultures. In fact, this study by the uh, Global uh, Engagements Center studied three weeks of Twitter content, and they found that 7% of the conversations were inauthentic, 7%. That's a massive amount of the discussions happening on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So again, Vlad, to your point, that this really just amplifies the divisions that already exist and it can kind of grind down the uh, uh, polarity or create polarity and kind of grind down the discourse and make, well, my side versus your side and who's to say which side is right.
4: It really, really great before you leave, just to go back to the coronavirus, I just wanna give people tools when they do get online do we know what types of falsehoods are being spread or what people can do to identify you know, a questionable tweet or whatever?
11: Yeah. So, Anne-Marie, you've asked the million-dollar question, and that gets to the word Vlad used, trust. So, uh, again, social media infrastructure has been become critical communication infrastructure. It is really important that we do not believe everything that we instantly scroll past and see on social networks and that we trust organizations that have vetted their content. There really is not a ton we can do. Although uh, social networks have built in these mechanisms to flag and report content, often those mechanisms are exploited by brigades, large groups of people who want to flag authentic content and drive it down as well. So the real thing that we can do is make sure that we are following content that is uh, by reliable, trustworthy actors, and not necessarily believe the things that we want to believe, but believe the things that are vetted and fact and science-based. Yeah. But, yeah. but Dan, what happens
6: though? So it's such sort an of interesting point. I mean, my parents are in their seventies. They're not on Twitter. And I sometimes see tweets and I'm like, this is, the mo- I, I, this is completely not true. And I'm glad that my parents were in their seventies are not reading this stuff. And yet, the president of the United States on February 26 uh, said this. He said that the number of people infected in the United States by the coronavirus is going very substantially down. That's a quote, not up. OK, and that is not true. Mm-hmm. And so that message is then on television. It gets reprinted in newspapers and then it gets into Twitter It's not true, but
11: people are saying, well, I didn't even get it from Twitter. I got it from the man in the Oval Office. That's what
4: makes us so vulnerable.
11: Yeah. Uh, I I can't prescribe a solution here. Fix it. Fix it, bro. All we can do is identify the mechanics, and uh, I hesitate to use this word viral, but social networks have been built on viral mechanics. They've been built so that content can be amplified with very little friction. And of course, that ends up in, flat the industry term is earned media. That right. ends up in actual media content. Social media posts end up in actual media content. So, uh, again, it's important that we here at traditional media outlets do our homework and that we look at the facts and we try hard here at CBS News and our colleagues in, in the media. But it's really important that when we see misinformation and disinformation that we try to identify it flag it not to amplify it it's on everyone watching and all of our friends and relatives to make sure that we do the same thing
6: i i try
4: no, i
11: try to fight i know you do
6: she does she does try to fight the good fight she, <laughs> she so I, well i don't i don't have people in my timeline like in hers uh, <laughs> on facebook like putting really weird things but she does and and, <laughs> and she, tries to, she tries she tries to like fight it and it's like a losing battle good to see you
0: in our next episode we will be interviewing people to see what the public thinks about the coronavirus and its theories we will also dive more into the misinformation spreading and the horrible effects it's having on people stay safe and stay tuned.